theologians and other clerks, you won't understand this book. However bright your wits, if you do not meet it humbly, and in this way, love and faith make you surmount reason, for they are the protectors of reason's house. Reason, you'll always be half blind. Love and faith have no shame, no honour, no fear for what is to come. They are secure, says love. Their doors are open. No one can harm them. Now listen, reason, says love so as to understand better. A person who is on fire feels no cold. A person who is drowning knows no thirst. Now this soul, says love, is so burned in love's fiery furnace that she has become the very fire, so that she feels no fire, for in herself she is fire. Through the power of love which has changed her into the fire of love, This fire burns of and through itself, everywhere, incessantly, without consuming any matter or being able to wish to consume it, except only from itself. For whoever feels some perception of God through matter they see or hear outside themselves, or through some labour which they there perform of themselves, is not all fire. Rather, there is some matter together with the fire. For people's labours and their wanting matter outside themselves to make God's love grow in them is only a blinding of the knowledge of God's goodness. 
but one who burns with this fire, without seeking such matter, without having it, or wanting to have it, sees all things so clearly that they value them as they must be valued. For such a soul has no matter in her which prevents her from seeing clearly so that she is alone in it through the power of true humility and she is common to all through the generosity of perfect charity and alone in God since perfect love has taken possession of her. This soul, says love, is flayed by mortification and burned by the ardour of the fire of charity and her ashes are strewn by the nothingness of her will upon the high seas. In prosperity, she has the nobility of the well-born. In adversity, the nobility of one exalted. In all places, whatever they be, the nobility of the excellent. She who is such no longer seeks God through penance or through any sacrament of Holy Church, not through reflections or words or works, not through any creature here below or through any creature there above, not through justice or mercy or the glory of glories, not through divine knowledge or divine love or divine praise. Love says, Meditation of pure love has only one intention, that she might always love faithfully without wishing for any reward. And the soul cannot do this unless she is deprived of herself. 
For faithful love would not deign to have any consolation which came by the soul's seeking. Truly not. Meditation of love knows well that it is for the best that she must not exert herself except in what is her task and that is to will perfectly the will of God. And she leaves God to work and to order God's will as God pleases. For whoever wills that God might fulfill wishes to experience their own comforts does not place their trust solely in God's goodness, but trusts rather in those. And who are you, love? asks reason. Are you not also one of the virtues and one of us, even though you be above us? I am God, says love, for love is God, and God is love. And this soul is God through its condition of love. And I am God through my divine nature. And this soul is God by love's just law. So that this, my precious beloved, is taught and guided by me, without herself, for she has been changed into me. And this is the outcome, says love, of being nourished by me. Ah, lady soul, says reason, you have two laws, your own and ours, ours for belief and yours for love, and therefore you say to us what you please, and so you have called those whom we nurture fools and asses. Those whom I call asses, says this soul, seek God in creatures 
through worshipping in churches, in paradises they create, in the words of men and in their writings. It seems to beginners that men such as these, who seek God in this way, uphill and down dale, think that God is subject to his sacraments and to his works. Alas, they suffer such trials that it is pitiful. And they will go on suffering them, says the soul, so long as they maintain this way of life and such practices. But those people spend their time well and profitably, who do not worship God only in temples and in churches but worship God everywhere through union with the divine will. Our reason, says soul, how wearisome you are What trouble and what difficulty they suffer who live by your advice. Reason, says the soul, if I am loved to all eternity by the three persons of the Trinity, I have also been loved by them from all eternity. For just as in all goodness, God will love me to all eternity, just so I have been known to God's wisdom, as she who would be created by the work of its divine power. So therefore, since from the time that God, who is without beginning, has existed, I have been present in the divine knowledge and shall be there without end. From that time, says the soul, did God love the work which would be performed in me by its divine power.
This soul, says love, has six wings, just as the seraphim. She no longer wishes for anything which comes by an intermediary, for that is the proper state of being of the seraphim. There is no intermediary between their love and God's love. Love is constantly made new in them without any intermediaries. And so too in this soul. For she does not seek for knowledge of God among the teachers of this world. But by truly despising this world and herself. Ah, God, how great is the difference between the gift that a lover makes to his loved one through an intermediary and the gift made directly to his loved one by a lover. Love says, This daughter of Sion does not long for masses or sermons or fastings or prayers. And why, Lady Love, says Reason? These are the food of holy souls. That is true, says love, for those who beg. But this soul begs for nothing, for she has no need to long for anything which is outside her. Now listen, reason, says love. Why should this soul long for those things which I have just named, since God is everywhere, just as much without them as with them. This soul has no thought, no word, no work, except for employing the grace of the Divine Trinity. This soul feels no disquiet for any sins which she once committed, nor for the suffering which God underwent for her, nor for the sins and the troubles in which her neighbours live. What does this mean, love, says reason? Teach me to understand this, since you have reassured me about my other questions. 
It means, says love, that this soul is not her own. And so she can feel no disquiet. For her thought is at rest in a place of peace that is in the Trinity. And therefore she cannot move from there nor feel disquiet so long as her beloved is untroubled. But that anyone falls into sin or that sin was ever committed this is displeasing to her will just as it is to God for it is his own displeasure which gives such displeasure to this soul. But nonetheless says love in spite of such displeasure, there is no disquiet in the Trinity, nor is there in such a soul who is at rest within the Trinity. But if this soul, who is in such exalted rest, could help her neighbours, she would help them in their need with all her might. But the thoughts of such souls are so divine that they do not dwell upon past or created things so as to apprehend disquiet in themselves. For God is good beyond all comprehending. Love says, so such a soul has no name and therefore she has the name of the change into which love has changed her. So do the watercourses of which we have spoken, who are called sea. For they are all sea, as soon as they have returned into the sea. For in the same way, no kind of fire can keep any matter separate within it, because it makes of itself and of the matter one thing, not two, but one.
so it is with those of whom we speak. For love draws all their matter into itself. One and the same thing is made of love and of such souls and not two things for that would be disharmony but there is one single thing and so there is harmony. Love says, if anyone were to ask such free souls, untroubled and at peace, if they would want to be in purgatory, they would answer, no. If they would want here in this life to be assured of their salvation, they would answer, no. If they would want to be in paradise, they would answer, no. Why would they wish for such things? They have no will at all. And if they wished for anything, they would separate themselves from love. For God who has their will knows what is good for them without their knowing or being assured of it. Such souls live by knowing and loving and praising. That is the settled practice of such souls without any impulse of their own. For knowledge and love and praise dwell within them Such souls cannot assess whether they are good or bad and they have no knowledge of themselves and would be unable to judge whether they are converted or perverted. Or, to speak more briefly, let us take one soul to represent them all says love. This soul neither longs for nor despises poverty or tribulation. 
mass or sermon, fasting or prayer, and gives to nature all that it requires with no qualm of conscience. But this nature is so well ordered through having been transformed in the union with love to whom this soul's will is joined that it never asks anything which is forbidden. Such a soul is not concerned about what it lacks, except at the needful time. And none but the innocent can be without this concern. Reason says, for God's sake, what does this mean, love? I'll tell you in reply, reason, says love, as I have told you before, and yet again I tell you that every teacher of natural wisdom, every teacher of book learning, Everyone who persists in loving their obedience to the virtues does not and will not understand this as it should be understood. Be sure of this reason, says love, for only those understand it who should seek after perfect love. But if by chance one found such souls, they would tell the truth if they wanted to. Yet I do not think that anyone could understand them, except only those who seek after perfect love and charity. Sometimes, says love, this gift is given in the twinkling of an eye. And let those who was given it hold fast to it, for it is the most perfect gift which God gives to a creature. This soul is learning in the school of divine knowledge and is seated in the valley of humility and upon the plane of truth and is at rest upon the mountain of love.
such a soul, says love, swims in the sea of joy that is in the sea of delights flowing and streaming from the divinity. And she feels no joy, for she herself is joy. And so she swims and flows in joy without feeling any joy. For she dwells in joy, and joy dwells in her. For through the power of joy, she is herself joy, which has changed her into itself. Now they have one common will, like fire and flame, the will of the lover and that of the beloved. For love has changed this soul into itself. The soul, ah, sweetest, pure, divine love, says his soul. How sweet is this changing by which I am changed into the thing that I love better than I love myself. And I am so changed that I have therein lost my name for the sake of loving. I, who can love so little, and I am changed into that which I love more than myself, that is, into love, for I love nothing but love. I have said before, says the soul, that I lack nothing, because my beloved has from all time sufficient and will have enough forevermore. What then should I lack? I do not love myself, except only for God. And what God has, 
which I do not have and shall not have is more my own than what I do and shall have in my possession from the divine itself. Love says, Already I have said that such souls value every affliction of their heart, both for body and for soul, as highly as if it were prosperity, and prosperity as highly as adversity. And this is true, says love, if such things came to them as highly as adversity. And this is true, if such things came to them without their will being the cause. And also such souls do not know what is better for them nor how God wants to provide their salvation, nor the salvation of their neighbours, nor for what reason God wants to show justice or mercy, nor for what reason God wants to give to the soul the exalted gifts of the goodness of God's divine nobility. And therefore, the soul set free has no will at all to will or not to will, except only to will the will of God. and to submit in peace to the divine command. Lady Love, I ask yet one more question, says Reason. Why does this book say that this soul has everything and yet has nothing? That is true, says love, for through divine grace this soul has God. And one who has God has everything. And it says too that she has nothing. 
because everything which this soul has within her from God, through the gift of divine grace, seems nothing to her. And it is nothing, too, in comparison with what she loves, which is in God. and which God will not give to anyone except only to itself. And it is in this sense that this soul has everything, and yet has nothing. She knows everything. And yet, she knows nothing. <laughs>